Welcome to Prison to the Premiership, the Jamie Lawrence story, in the company of Flex, Otis Roberts, Michael Adams, special guests, and the incomparable Jamie Lawrence. Aim Higher is a Jason Roberts Foundation production. Part 4, Jamaica. So there you go, Jay. That's the Premier Premier League story, kind of, you know, you're living the dream now. And you talk about players who want to have been there, done it all uh, as like a well-rounded, complete um, career. Um, but international now, you know, you're, you're getting known. You're, you've, you've, you've come to the Premier League now. You've had that season with Bradford, which is fantastic. You've had that season, like you said, where, you, where you've stayed up. You're on the radar and you're getting called up internationally now. Now, for the people who are, who are not so sure about that, let's, let's go into that. We've got some amazing guests um, lined up in this, in this hour, which is going to be fantastic. Start talking to us about how you first started getting called up internationally, who you got called up for and that whole process. Well, obviously, we beat Liverpool last game in the season. Um, obviously, I found out just before that my dad was <coughs> ill, that my dad was dying. So um, after the game, obviously, Paul Jules come in and said, oh, that's for your dad and whatever. So I flew my dad over the next week. But in that time, I had been called up at an invitation to um, go and play for Jamaica. But the funny thing about it is that they withdrew the invitation because the man's got a criminal record. <laughs> oh, no. But, oh, boy. So, <laughs> I said, this is going to take liberties. Like, <laughs> I remember I wasn't in prison when I was playing football. I was in prison before. So I had served my time now. Mm. And I've had a good career at this time now. I had seven years, not been in trouble. Yeah, and I got called up. So what I've done, I flew my mum and my dad over from Jamaica. And they had they known that I got called up, but they had withdrew the invitation. So uh, my dad... He was in hospital quickly after he come over on his deathbed and that. And they had the Jamie Lawrence affair in Jamaica. I was on TV talking about people phoning wow. in, saying like, listen, he served his time. He needs to play for Jamaica. Let him play for Jamaica. Which, so the people stood up for you then? The people come and people, spoke of Jamaica and said, listen, he's one of us. He served his time. He should yeah. be allowed to play for us. Yeah, it was a big thing in Jamaica at the time, which was massive for me. You know, the people were going out there for me. So that, that just made me want to play for Jamaica even more. But and also, you think about it, you've just... Sorry, yeah, Jay, you, you've, you're, you're allowed to play in the Premier League. Do you exactly. know what I mean? You're, you're playing I'm in the Premier playing League. And yeah. with all respects to, uh, to the Jamaica Confederation, you're probably thinking, if I can play in the Premier League against yeah. some of the biggest most famous opposition in the world. How the hell could I not play for my country? And that was my thing, like my own people are mm. disrespecting me like that. I'm thinking, no, that's a, that's a liberty still. But mm. obviously my dad was dying and what happened in the end, because of the public uproar, <coughs> they were, um, reversed the decision, but they came, they flew over. Captain Burrell, Winston will tell you because Winston was there as well. Captain Burrell has flew over to, to come and meet me and saw my dad on his deathbed and told him that, um, that the invitation will be reversed, that I'll be able to play for Jamaica. So I know well, that, that I'd that, That's brilliant. That, that, that there brings in our first guest here. I mean, we've got quite a few guests waiting in the wings, but as Jamie just brings in there, 
Winston Clark. I mean, listen, you spent obviously a lot of time around um, the, the Jamaican setup um, over the years, and with what Jamie's saying there, what was those conversations like? With we know what type of character Jamie is. You know, he would have felt rejected and angry, but then the people of Jamaica spoke. What was that dialogue like between you know um, the Jamaica side of things and Jamie, and, and where did you fit into that? Well, I think. Um Jamie thinks that the whole of Jamaica was on his side. I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't quite true. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaicans have a, have a kind of um, a class system. So the, the, the so-called ghetto people them might feel, say, no, I'm going to make the man play. Yeah, but the yeah. uptown yeah. people then, Commercial oh, side. People are Jamaican. Yeah. Off teeth are Jamaican. We don't want them <laughs> Commercial side. A criminal. But... but, but the, the so-called ghetto people, them, and the people's people, them, the football people, them, they would say, no, nah, make the man play. The man that do not cry much, I'm here, make him play. Yeah. So Captain mm. Morell, and for those who don't know, he was the former president of the uh, JFF. May so um, rest in peace. Um, yeah. He died in, in 2017, unfortunately. But he was a very charismatic character. He was a person mm. that was, if something needs to be done, oh, we could do it, Winston, come he won't say, oh, let's look at it. Let's talk about it. He wants to find a way to do it. So he flew from Jamaica to England. This is hilarious. Picked him up at the airport. And obviously, I've been talking to Jamie about what's happening and blah, blah, blah. Jamie says his dad is, is in hospital. And there's a couple of things that happened, actually. <coughs> Jamie finding out that this man was his biological father... Then the, 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 the man is now on his deathbed, as Jamie said. And all of these emotions going on. So we laid it on really thick with the captain. Said, look, captain, look, his dad's dying. Da, da, da. And we take him to the hospital. Obviously, Jamie's in really emotive, uh, you know, mm. his emotional. emotional. His mum, his whole family is just a chaos. Captain goes in, talks to the man, and stands by the side of his bed. And he says, you know what? This is your wish. It will be done. We left the hospital, and he, he, he died not too long afterwards. But Captain made a promise to that man. He said, right. But he went back, and he faced the public. He faced all the criticism, and he said, no, Jamie Lawrence is playing. And in fact, Captain said, Jamie coming like my son. Because he was mm. such a, he, he's a, he's the lovable, roguey kind of people that, you know, he'll do anything for anybody. That's what Captain is. And, 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 Jamie just fitted like right in there. And then plus when they saw him play now, you know, it was just, uh, you know, hand and glove. It just went together superbly well. And I think he had a good career, you know, a good international career out of it. And one of the, 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 the great ones, I must, I have to mention it in case we don't mention it. <laughs> we did the game at Leicester City at, at the King Power Stadium. We played against Brazil. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> to use one of Jamie's uh, phrases, he lifted up Rivaldo. Run <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the park. <laughs> you've got to watch that game. You've got to watch that game. Because, you know, Rivaldo was top of the top. He was FIFA player. You name it, he achieved it. And Jamie was just this animal in midfield. Like and they just won the World Cup as well. That squad won the World Cup before. Wow. In midfield, and this guy thinks he's going to get three or four touches on the ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> with a hungry well, hungry Jamie just there well you know what um, Jamie what's yeah. interesting about listening to that story with Winston is 
um, guys, when you hear the other podcasts that have already been recorded, Jamie, yeah. Captain Burrell had you from the moment he showed that because mm. we, yeah. we understand the stuff that triggers Jamie. And I think when somebody shows that kind of commitment, yeah, that's, it, that's your friend for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That, that was, that was, I was literally picking up on that because I remember when he was saying when people show him that, you know, that endearing side or that side of belief in him, whether it be poor Jewel. Um, obviously, we had the two lads from um, in prison at the time who, who, who showed that faith in him. He feels like, you know, inundated it to, to, to repay those people in, mm. in th th their trust in him. So, look, you know what? We're going we're gonna to bring in the other two guests here because, you know, it's too good to just keep waiting. We've got Mr. Ricardo Fuller with us. Um, thanks for joining us. And we've got Mr. Micah Hyde as well. Um, Thanks for joining us, fellas. Um, Ricardo, we'll start with you, man. I mean, Jamie coming into the international setup as well. Um, talk to us about your experiences around that time. Well, when Jamie came in, to be fair, as Winston said, all those things, absolutely true in that. But Jamaican people, as you know, myself, born and bred in Jamaica, came in, I was 18. So I know how Jamaican culture works. I'm from the ghetto, so I know how the ghetto works. And I know Jamaican commercial side, uptown people corporate Jamaica, whatever we want to call them, how they work. Why Jamie and Captain Burrell probably succeeded with reversing their decision for taking it back is because Jamie, similar to Micah Hyde, where they are, they're aggressive. The culture, they fit the culture of Jamaicans right through. They're aggressive in the middle of the park. They back down from nothing. Jamie colors here, red, blue, purple, yellow. Is <laughs> on some vibes can't so, tell things so, from early, man. I don't so know what the, way, the, 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 the correct the characteristics of Jamie fit with the Jamaican people like that. So I'm I've got no doubt why they Captain Morel act like that and you know reverse the decision to get him in because he is like I know he played in England and you know grew up in England and spent a lot of time in England, obviously representing Wigan, Bradford. Leicester, all those teams before. But when, J when Jamie is supposed to represent Jamaica and the people see how he is, all the success he had in the Premier League, in the leagues before that he played in, remember, Jamaicans would have done their homework because Johnny Barnes set those examples. Jamaicans know football because of Johnny Barnes and he plays in England and he done so well being a 14-year-old coming to Jamaica. So everybody thinking Jamie would be like the Johnny Barnes, even though they've probably never seen him play. But just that he played in England the first thing come to their mind is Johnny Barnes. And if Johnny Barnes played in England, Jamie is like a Johnny Barnes. You know what I mean? Yeah, simple as that. that's what that, Jamaican yeah. people react and that's what Jamaican people feel like. And the moment they see and start to, to, to know of him as a player and see what he has done before, he fits the bill. And that's how I, I think Captain Burrell says, and don't forget, this man loves football. This man put his own business with football and makes it and bring us to the point of qualifying for that World Cup 98. So, he is a good judge of character in terms of play. He might not understand the game because he's a businessman and he was a soldier, but he, his intuition for football, let's say getting and acquiring players, Micah, Leon Burton, Darrell Powell, Jamie Lawrence, Robbie Hurl, you name the other players like these guys came in. Jamie fit the bill. Absolutely. Uh, Micah, kind of sim different to, um, to Ricardo's story there in terms of, you know, he, he's was born in Jamaica, spent a lot of time there, obviously came over. I mean, you spent a lot of time here as well in England, um, like how Jamie did. Was that, with you guys being the, the kind of 
English Jamaican boys. Was it was it hard fitting into the camp, you and Jamie, or was it was it was it easy to do that? What were some of the differences that you both experienced, and what some of the memories that you had, man? Fitting into the culture was easy. Going from here to go over there was easy. Going from one environment to a different environment is always going to be some transition and difficulty. So I wouldn't say that it was smooth, but you got into the environment and we got into a, into the house. But we used to stay in the house. So when we got introduced to freaks, I'll give you a small snippet. So you go into the house mm-hmm. and people got their rooms. Do you understand? So therefore, you have to make sure. So things like that, fitting that way into the actual system of the Jamaican Federation was obviously a transition like as you go to a new team. But to go where I was in England, to go to Jamaica was nothing to me because I go back and forth all the time. So the culture of going there and performing for Jamaica was nothing to me. So I wasn't intimidated by anybody in Jamaica squad, maybe as other players might have been because... In Jamaica, if you know Jamaica, mm. we make a lot of noise. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> Aggressive. And it be alone to be to come from an English-based player to know you get into the environment where people might even look upon you as, well, why is he here? I'm better than him. Do you understand? So you're going to, you, you have to do with all of these things. So yeah, going from one culture to the other culture was easy. Going from one environment into the other environment was a little bit of transition because we had to clean my room and. You know, again, for me, when I was coaching Grenada and, and we had the mix of the locals and um, and the players we brought up, there was an element of the locals testing yeah, their so-called overseas players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go on, Jamie, express. No, that's, that's life in general, yeah? Yeah, yeah? You get tested everywhere you go, right? And you have to stand up for yourself. It's simple. Like, when we went there, when me and Micah got called up together, right? So we'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a little story, yeah? So we come now, yeah? Here we, we go. Barry Elms, yeah? Beefy. We call Barry Elms Beefy out of um, Babylon, yeah? With the Rhodesian Ridgeback, right? So we got there now. We got there a few days earlier than a couple of others. So we got the room with three in it. Ricardo will tell you, guy, you don't want to go into the population because there's only for man with no aircon, yeah? yeah. <laughs> 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 so we're in this room now we put down our things we're newbies now yeah so I think it was Frank Frank Sinclair Dion Burton and Fitz have come two days later and I tell a man about this is our room you need to get out <laughs> I said what <laughs> listen lift my bag and see who I've got around there <laughs> Taking me out of nothing. Then they went to try it with Micah. Micah tell them the same. And then they tried it with Beefy. Tell them the same. Run away. <laughs> Get out of what? But we knew that, listen, we have to be on our toes at the time. And that's where our friendship started, really. Oh, wicked. Listen, um, Micah, Ricardo, and Winston, I need a, a serious question. How did you guys tolerate Jamie's wardrobe? Because we've seen some pictures. Well, well a, long, a long time near party with Jamie, you know, from London, <laughs> back in this emporium. Well, all right. I'm trying to like, chart an ethic. Well, just became, just became 19, don't I, Jamie? Yeah. yeah. And from that time now, I still can't record Jamie dress sense. I've seen it <laughs> months ago. And it wasn't any different, man. Honestly. But one thing for sure, he loves his Guinness. Always drinks his Guinness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that. yeah. <laughs> Rocket fuel. <laughs> question for Winston. Winston, I, I, I can't argue with his dress sense because remember that I'm a generation above him. <laughs> so whatever he was wearing, I thought that was what the kids wore at the time. 
Well, Winston, a question for you, just uh, playing for the national team. I mean, I've experienced it myself with Grenada in that. What was it like when you got called up the first time? This, you know, hearing the national anthem, your parents, what, what, what was going through, through your mind as a, as a British Jamaican? Well, obviously for me, it was very emotional for me because my dad had passed and um, I obviously took my dad to Jamaica to bury him. Right? So I got called up. My first game was against Trinidad um, at the National Stadium. I remember it like yesterday, obviously lining up for the National Anthem. It, it touched me a bit because like, my dad obviously weren't there to see me play and make my debut for Jamaica, which he would have loved. But my mum was there. My mum was there at the time. So it's it's quality. But um, I remember I was on the bench and Ricardo Gardner knocked out after about 15 minutes. Yeah? And I come on and they put me on at wing back. A hundred and something degrees. We struggle now. I was I listen, I, I was all right in the end, trust me. I was all right, but it was hot, it's about hundred degrees, and obviously with the fans in the stadium. I no, I see nothing like it when mm. you, you arrive at the ground in the coach, bashman bussing on the coach and the whole of Jamaica on lockdown. <laughs> beer flag everything on the way to the ground then you go in the stadium and you see the sound system you come out and the, the bleachers goes mad yeah when you come out and then we play against Trinidad we beat them we beat them 1-0 and I was buzzing after that well. Micah Micah that, yes mate same for you yeah exactly the same. exactly the same exactly the same Proud, the proudest moment is when you play for uh, your country that you represent, your family represents. Um, my mum was a bit overdue the year before, so I was fortunate that I was still able to play for him a year after when I, when I did my play for him. But I made a debut with Jamie the same same day. And exactly the game describes it, exactly every home game is like in Jamaica. So if you uh, if you embrace that kind of um, if you embrace that kind of reception, it motivates you and it, it definitely motivated me and Jamie. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, great, really, really, really proud moment. I think that's key there. We need to talk about the differences between in the cultures. Yes, British-born, you know, Jamaicans as as we are. We know kind of what it's like in theory, but like you said, you guys have obviously managed to go over there, do that, and experience that feeling completely different to the Premier League, which which is which is something in itself. And that moves me on to some of the players you played against, Jamie. Um, Whilst whilst on international <coughs> duty with Jamaica, because I know that there's there's been some amazing players that you've ended up playing against. You know, test you're in the Premier League testing yourself against some of the best in the world. But when you do it on an international stage, it can take your your level of opposition into a different ball game. Um, and and I'll ask um, Ricardo and Mike the same thing. But for yourself, Jamie, who were some of the players that stick out to you as if to, when you played against them, you thought, my God. Obviously, the Brazilian team what we played against, they had Carlos. Cafu, Lu, um, Rocco Jr., Lucio, then they had Roberto Silva, then they had C. Roberto, Rivaldo, Ronaldo. Cafu. <laughs> the whole lot. I forgot about Kaka as well. And leading up to that game as well, Paul Mercer was trying to take in liberties with me. He's like, you Jamaicans can't play football. You're going <laughs> to about six, 
7-0. So for us to lose 1-0... I would have took that before kick off. Yeah. <laughs> but but listen, on the players I played against, people underestimate teams what we played against, like Panama, Costa yeah, Rica. Uh, listen, we pe- went to them stadium. Them them players could play. Good team. Uh, yeah. But the Jamaican players were good players as well. Mm. Uh, and people underestimate them. The only thing is that we're talking about infrastructure. Like, we never had no training mm. ground. Right? Mm. Sometimes we don't even know where we're training. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? The little things, that, which are yeah. massive things that, that, in, in the long run. You are listening to Prison to the Premiership, the Jamie Lawrence story. And just watching this whole thing, one of the big things that stands out for me here is, is the camaraderie and the friendship still which is, you know, you've got an English player going into a, uh, a Jamaican environment uh, with the players and being accepted in it and, and you guys are still friends now. I mean, talk to me about some of the friendship groups that you formed over the years between, you know, the Jamaican and English players because that's important that, that if you've got a young player and, and, and another question really is what would you say to a young player who perhaps is to vote with England and perhaps apart from the negatives that might, you know, there might be some stuff but what would you say to them if they was going to play for Jamaica? And, you know, you guys have, right across the board, there's, there's about 900,000 appearances right in front of us here. Um, what would you say to a young person um, who wants to play? Yeah, I'll kick it off, right? For me, it doesn't matter where I was going, yeah? Remember, I said when I was getting let out from prison to go and play football, I wanted to get the respect of my peers, right? So I want... The only way I could get that is by doing my job on the football pitch and carrying myself the right way as well. So I knew I was going to Jamaica. I would embrace everything about Jamaica and just slip into it. But some people, they come from this country and go there, they get caught out. They get caught out because they're thinking that everything, they're going to get a five-star hotel. I knew what I was getting. So my expectations weren't like, I went there to play for Jamaica to make my family proud and... And that's what I've done. And my friendships with Micah and Ricardo started from day dot because they were similar to me. Like, we like to have fun, but we, we work when t- work time come. And that's why we're still friends now. Always will be. I think the first game with me and, me and Micah were sitting on the bench. You were starting um, St. Catherine 11 versus yeah. the Reggae Boys. Me and Micah was on the bench. I still got that picture in me album. <laughs> Yeah, you were starting, but me and Michael were sitting beside each yeah. other on the bench. Yeah. That was, I think, one of my second or third game yeah. in the national team. I loved it out there, man. I loved every minute of playing for Jamaica. Um, yeah, I'd advise any, any young player thinking about play for Jamaica is to go for it. And I think the key word that Jamie uses, once you play football, you have to earn respect. So if you go out there and work hard, you get respect to the players around you and everything just fits in nicely. I, I was fortunate. I got on with loads of people, man. Black was one of my best friends. So Waterboard was one of the, it was one of my best friends out there. So I, I, I made friends, you know, you just make, you just make associates. The camaraderie that you said, oh, it's just, it's what you get when you go to play internationally. Yeah. Respect and camaraderie are the key things that I got out of it when I, when I went there. Also, you have to be real as yeah. well. If you're not real, people will find you out <laughs> very quickly. You know what I mean? You've got to be yourself. Don't try and act for something you're not. There's three most uh, three important things in this, as Micah touched on before. 
is the desire to play for your country. And, and the second thing is professionalism. We are football players. You know, we're, we're playing at club level or international level is professionalism. If you don't have that as a football player or as an athlete, you're in trouble. So being a professional player at club level and then go to international level, you got to remain the same, no matter the, the, the infrastructure, no matter the coaches. It's all about you're there as a player to do your job and to do it to the best of your ability. You earn respect by doing what you do best on the pitch. As a football player, you turn up every single game, give 100%. You might not be the best talent-wise, but yeah. when in terms of leadership, in terms of you're gonna, if this coach has 10 up, you're going to do 11. If the coach has 20 push-ups, push up, press-ups, you're going to do, do 20. Those are the things that earn respect. And if players, you coming into international setup as a British Jamaican or a club footballer coming into international setup and players see you doing those things, respect is earned. You'll you get know, that. Right. And those are the things that's important will make you blend into uh, or transition from a, from, a, from a club level or a club football player into international setup playing for your country. Because at the end of the day, every football player playing at the club level his ultimate dream is to play for his national team, whether you, you're Australian, you're American, you're Jamaican. And that's the proudest moment, not only for you, but trust me, for your families, probably your friends, mm. and for well wishes, and for even your own club fans will start pushing the Jamaican flag inside the Britannia Stadium, inside yeah. Hearts, inside yeah, Queenstown, yeah, you know the score, yeah. Preston Northern. Yeah. You turn your own club supporters into reggae boy supporters. Yeah. I've seen that and, and I'm speaking personally. I need to ask Jamie a, a question directly. Is that right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell the guys about when I first saw you play? <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie was on a, he was on a day release. Uh, not day release. Like a, a, it was like a release, a special release. To, home uh, I was to, on home. Only thing, yeah. and uh, this agent called Ambrose Mendy, he arranged for this game, and, and Jamie's playing. And Jamie, Jamie had this, you know, the, the log here with the, with the ponytail business going on. Anyway, <laughs> he's a, scored an unbelievable goal in the game. And I remember saying to Ambrose, "Shit, who's that geezer?" And he went, "He's doing time." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and get him a club. And we're playing this game and I'm like, this guy's a different class. Anyway, I said to him a few years later on, I said, Dad, do you remember that game when I, when I, when I salad you? He went, oh, you never salad me. Da, da, da. He just, the passion of this man was unbelievable. But when he scored in that game, it was, it was ferocious. It was ambitious. It was everything ridiculous. But he, he was scored. hungry. And I'm yeah, starving. I've got it this geezer and when he told me the story about him I thought you ain't gonna get in my club are you gonna get in my club I was doing four years at the time <laughs> four years yeah I remember it's unbelievable where, where was unbelievable. the game so so to context, we're proud of you, man. Proud, absolutely proud. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I yeah. think the um, I think the thing from that is uh, just you know in the previous podcast um, we was talking about 
you know, would that ever happen again in terms of, you know, you've got a guy doing four years and, and you get to see him, you get to find out that he's actually <laughs> in prison. Um, but so that's, that's what makes this ever so fascinating and for young people. And in terms of resilience, I mean, we, we talked about, we had Jamie's um, guys from prison who, who, um, who was in charge at the prison at the time talking about would this happen again. So it's just more testament to the fact that Jamie's come through and, and gone on to play international football, which we're talking about now. But you saw him at that beginning uh, before he was even released, which, you know, come a full circle. So it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Flex. It is, it is brilliant. And, that, and I think that fits into exactly what this whole message has been, um, especially to a lot of young people watching this, that, yeah, you can experience those hardships. You can experience that, you know, you can call it failure, which Jamie chose not to view it as that. And I think maybe that's the important key to it is when you do make bad decisions, try not to view them as failures. You know, try and view it as a situation that you can actually learn from and have the confidence to change your life around. Which What's coming across here, and it, it's come out particularly in what Micah, Winston, uh, Jamie and Ricardo said, and, and Otis talking about internationally. It feels like when you were at your club sides, particularly when you're playing in England or somewhere, you were in somebody else's house and you, you, you obeyed to their rules. But it's a bit like when you got together at that international level, it was like, this is our house. Yes. And and this is home. And with that comes comes different rules and a different way of getting along and a different way of expressing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask that? Yeah, 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 Micah. Yeah, for definitely hundred percent. What would have been truly frustrating if Ricardo wasn't there or Bibi wasn't there or Claude wasn't there because they brought the bit that we read in, me and Jamie, definitely anyway, for sure. I can only speak for myself, but I think I, I can speak for Jamie on this. We bring up this desire to want to win. Just and not, 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 not this. Yeah. We're not really, really, we weren't really on this foolishness when it comes to football. And because Ricardo was there and Bibi was there and we Claude there and there was already Jamaica-based players playing in, in England, yeah. it made it easy. Because then, man, they knew when it's time to go training, they're going to go training on time, generally. Yeah. So they, the rest of the Jamaican-based players, it's a follow them. So it made it easier for me and Jamie and the other English yeah. players to come and be professional. If Ricardo wasn't there, or Bibi weren't there, or yeah. any, all the players were Jamaican based, I think it would have been very frustrating for us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we get that. I yeah. get that as a coach, because I've seen that. I knew that, because they played in England, that we trained this, I've got to do this, I've got to find, and all of this foolishness. So they were a bit last, a bit easy in Jamaica, but they found that professionalism. And the whole yeah. thing was fantastic. Mm. I have a question for Ricardo. <laughs> Yeah. They're the bosses, really, to be honest. They're man where they run the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo and all the, the English-based players, Jamaican-born English-based players. Yeah. Maybe the one in MLS, they used to try a little bit, but it was mainly the English-based players and the obvious players. They used to really control the core and the, the dynamics of the group. Yeah. So if you come in a group like me and Jamie did... Intensity we and tempo. Intensity and we were cool. Don't play with us. Going to be the same. Time, time difference. <laughs> okay, one second. I have a question for, for Ricardo. Ricardo, what, what was it like for you when you first went in the camp? Remember, you was Jamaican-based at the time. Great um, question. And, and, and you... Come to England. No, no, no. Forget about coming to England. Where you saw the influx of the guys that came in. How did you react to how they were reacting? So you as a local Jamaican player, you were in the national team, 
There's a few guys coming from England. They're coming in up there in terms of their professionalism and levels and so on. How did you react to that as a player? Well, on top of me, Ed Winston, if I didn't react to that positively and try to match every step that they made, I would never be sitting here talking to you guys today. Yeah. You understand yeah. that one, still? Yeah, that's big. Because <laughs> when I got drafted into the team, remember I came from the under 20 with Rennie Simois. Yeah. Put me in to take over from Walter Boyd because he thought Walter Boyd was getting old and he needed somebody with some kind of flair, as they say in Jamaica, skill. Remember, you cannot just take a number 10 off Walter Boyd and give it to any player in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. or any player because they expect Jamaicans expect a lot of skill a lot of trickery stuff and you know the culture is Winston yeah. mm-hmm. so when Simon did that I actually came from the under 20 group where I told you I went to Costa Rica and I got nine up my butt <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> so yep. it's a totally then I was traveling with uh, Fitzroy Simpson um, um, Micah wasn't there and Jamie wasn't there at the time. Fitzroy Simpson Ian Goodison who was at Tranmere Theodore Whitmore was at Tramere. Um, Dyer Powell. Uh, Powell. No, Dyer Powell was not a game. Fitzroy was there. Um, Dion was there. Marty Malcolm is so rest in peace. Yeah. Frank Sinclair was there. Marcus was there um, at the time. So, therefore, when I came into that squad, and I am one of the better players from the under 20 group, my aspiration, my inspiration was to go to England yeah. and gone. Stick a pin on that one. Just want to clarify from Mike. I'll come back to you in a second, Winston. When Michael, what Michael just said about what is his statement, Jamaicans, when they come into the squad and we being there, who have been playing in England, me, Claude, Gardner, all the players who was like myself, who was playing in Jamaica at the time, were Jamaican born, wanted to be like us, wanted to earn their right or get a contract to go to England. Yeah. You remember that story, Winston? Every yeah. Jamaican wants to play in England because a guy yeah. that went for a million yeah. you know, players before him, John Barnes, you know what I mean? So really and truly, we make it easier for Micah and Jamie to deal with people than getting up people's ass and say, listen, get going, we need to go now, the bus is going to leave, or yeah. your tempo and training is too slow, let's go, let's, you know, the yeah. tempo, the attitude, because they see us as Jamaicans and they want, the Jamaican players want to be like us, so it make Micah and mm. Jamie's job Easier. with Winston. So fast forward now to, to, to Winston. That's what happened. I wanted to be a, a professional player because my dream, remember, playing at the under-20 level was to play in England. Gardner went for a mm. million quid. I want to be like Gardner. Good. Then yeah. I heard of Dion Burton. I want to be like certain Burton. You know what I'm saying? I want to score goals. I want to get to make it qualified for the World Cup 98 or for the next World Cup. I want to be in that squad. I want to be like like Darrell, because I was with Darrell closely as I was with James, as I was with Micah. Probably the four of us was probably closest in terms of for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I want to be like them. So my attitude was like, I'm going to do everything Micah did. I'm going to do everything what Dion did. I'm going to I'm going to try and run. I'm not a runner. Yeah. I couldn't run like, like Jamie. He's known as cyclist for a reason. He never <laughs> stopped at people. You could <laughs> run forever. And he could tackle forever. And he makes your job difficult if you're playing against him in the middle. You'll never stop harassing you. But I am different. So I try to run hard like them. And in, in terms of doing that, mm. I actually was getting better, was getting better, mm. was getting better. And eventually, and inevitably, we know what happened, Winston. You are listening to Prison to the Premiership, the Jamie Lawrence story. 
you know, just, just, just moving on from your story, playing for Jamaica, uh, Jamie, your family, you talked about, you know, Speller and your friendship groups right across that, you know, how, how did they, you know, it's not, it's not, not you're not taking them, not giving them tickets to, to Liverpool anymore and stuff like that. What was that like in your friendship group growing up? Because now you're playing for Jamaica. Listen, uh, I think actually Speller actually come out to Jamaica when I buried my dad and all that. And we went to a game out there. So I saw his Speller out. Obviously, it's not as, not close to home. So I'm not going to get them no tickets for them games anyway. But they were so proud of me, my friends. And I think they're still proud of me today. Well, I know they're proud of me today. And, and there's a big thing for me and my sister and my mum. That was the biggest one for me, my mum. My mum being proud of me to play for Jamaica. I used to send, I used to send a car to pick her up on a Sunday. We used to play on a Sunday more time than not. And you know, mummy dressed up in her church clothes, yeah. President's box, she dressed up in her church clothes, a hat, everything. <laughs> and after the game, I always go and find her and give her a, look, a couple, um, some money and whatever. And then she'd go home. But I know my mum was so, so proud of me playing for Jamaica. Shall we just go around the closing, yeah. closing words from each yeah. person? Micah? Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, first and foremost. And thank you for allowing me to share the platform with Jamie, firstly, and then the rest of you guys. Jamie, nice always love. And yeah, don't know, man. Don't know, man. Now you cross paths with people in football, I call them passing vessels. And it's very rarely you make true friends. But Jamie's definitely a true friend. And I've come across many and many people in football but 100% for respect for Jamie's position where he is now but how he'd become to be the man he is now the experiences he's went through the, the ups and downs and he's a, a, a great um, example of a road or a pathway not being straight you understand he goes up and down he curves and he goes all these other ways but it's how you come out of it and how you are today as a man which is a testament and a great example for anybody who wants to look at this again Thank you for allowing me to be involved in that, Jay, yeah? And that's me. Thank you. Cheers. Absolutely agree with Mike, 100%, what he's just said. Obviously, Jamie, the man of the hour, the man of the moment, the man of the minute. He is the man, obviously, I know from day one, coming here on trial. Um, obviously, I know the story, the history, which we all knew, knew about right now as we were talking about. But so proud of him, um, all that he has achieved, all that he has been through um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a player um, and as someone who has been on the wrong end of, of justice and come, come back and come put things right and to do what he is doing and achieve what he has achieved at club level, because we're talking about football here and, and the man, at club level and at international level is, 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 very, is very, very, very inspirational for me and hopefully to inspire a lot of other young guys coming through. So thanks for having me, guys, and it's a pleasure talking about Jamie and proud of him. He's no Jamie from day one. We've never changed. It's only a couple of months we're in a bar in Newcastle and the lab having a few drinks. So that shows how far our friendship goes. Winston. Yesterday, about one o'clock, when Jamie phoned me and asked me, what am I doing? What are you doing today at one o'clock? And I said, what? What's happening? And then he said, to, to do this. I said, yeah, no problem, of course. Um, it's just another chapter, really. Uh, in the life and association that I've had with Jamie Lawrence. It goes back, as I said, the first time I ever set eyes on him on a football pitch. Uh, and I'm thinking, who the hell is this guy? Um, we were so close. I mean, I, I can even tell you, when you played at Southampton, 
and I drove your car and spun it in the rain. <laughs> um, you know, there's so many stories, so, so many, the, your dad's story and all that. But you know what's really come out of everything collectively from Michael, Micah, Otis, Ricardo, uh, um, Flex, and yourself, what's come out of this for me today? I mean, we're paying tribute to you, Jamie, which is enough respect and, you know, onwards your journey. But I was just reflecting when I was listening to you guys about how much more influence I can have within the JFF, for example, and maybe wider across the Caribbean. For the, for the pros that have, that have come on here, the, the ex-pros that have come on here, thanks for sharing your, your stories and, 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 and obviously supporting Jamie as well and sharing that story. So guys, continue to listen to the podcast. Um, we'll be back again with, an, with another um, extremely interesting part of it. They, they just keep getting better and better as the parts go. Um, keep coming by and, and, and Jamie how you, how you feeling with all of this it's around you the Jamie Lawrence story just uh, you can have the final word on this last bit before we cut off yeah, some people thank you very much for dedicating a couple of hours for me today every, every single one of you who's come on today you know how much I respect love and respect you Ricardo you done know I used to pick you up and I used to take you everywhere, <laughs> even take you to Paris to go get your hard food and that you're done. Nothing, yeah, nothing, bro, nothing, nothing. Yeah, you, you know that I don't take any and anybody to mommy's uh, and my sisters, right? So you're done. Nothing, Winston, you've been there from day dot from when I played for Jamaica. You looked after me like I was one of your um, younger brothers. Took me everywhere, even driving cars. I even took you in certain situations. What? <laughs> it was like, even now I know you must tell the story that you're thinking, why? What's this brother on? Yeah. And now, Micah, Micah, my, my boy from day dot, from when we met, I know he was looking at me thinking, who's this idiot with dyed hair? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Dennis Rodman? Who's Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman. But from when we got on the plane and got to Jamaica, never ever left each other's side. And this is how much I respect you, man. You, man, can tell me anything, and I will listen. There's certain man you know I wouldn't listen to. You know, you know who I'm talking about in the camp. But you don't pull me aside. And said to Uncle, I would always listen. That's how much respect I got for all of you. Michael, you're my dog from day dot. And us two in the centre midfield, why? We're a problem still. Yeah? <laughs> a problem. Big yeah. boys inside there. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him, though, he told me something, and I never listened to him on the pitch one day. Yeah. We've played Panama a lie, Michael? No, I'm a lie. It's true. Yeah. Playing, but Fyodor wasn't doing his job. So Michael said, stop trying to do his job, right? You ain't doing your job. <laughs> yeah. And then at half time, I got drugged off. <laughs> because he, was, he saw it and I never listened to him. But the next game I come on and I've done my job and I've got MOM that game. So. Yeah, I've got MOM, right? Because I've done my job. But this is what I learn from all of you lot, every single one of you. And that's my, that's my last, last week. Brilliant stuff, man. Brilliant stuff. I think we can close on that. And all that's, all that's left is to maybe sort out a little five-a-side team and bring you guys back, man. Start, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You've been listening to 
the Jamie Lawrence story in the company of Flex, Otis Roberts, Michael Adams, special guests, and the incomparable Jamie Lawrence. Aim Higher is a Jason Roberts Foundation production.